0: Welcome in and welcome aboard another episode of a show to be named later. Thanks so much for dropping by, tuning in, and making us a part of your day. Whether you found us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloudRadio.com, wherever you get your podcast, maybe you follow me on Twitter at Seth Goldberg17, or you like my Facebook page, Seth Goldberg Sports. No matter where you get us. Thanks so much for dropping by and tuning in. Uh, really good conversation today with Eric Evendorf. He is a former Syracuse basketball standout, now playing in the basketball tournament for the sixth year, the anchor of the Bayheim's Army team. And, uh, yeah, don't, don't worry about the fact that, like, he doesn't play professional ball and that he hasn't in, like, five years. Uh, he scored 21 points in their tournament opening game. Uh, on Tuesday, July 7th, and he just kind of runs this thing when, uh, when he gets out there on the court. So we talked to him about how TBT is kind of putting guys in a bubble, how realistic it is to uh, extend that beyond two to three weeks, and, and some stuff like that. We talked about his team, the BayHams Army Squad, also a little Syracuse basketball talk in there. With Eric, so great stuff with Eric Devendorf. But I, I also want to get to a couple of sports topics. I want to talk baseball. We'll do that after we talk with Eric Devendorf. But before we get to Eric, the biggest news in sports in the last couple of weeks has been this Patrick Mahomes contract. And you can argue that that the return of sports is a big deal. And I I don't disagree with you. I just remain skeptical that we're actually going to get a return. So I think that one of the biggest things that's happened is this Patrick Mahomes contract. And it's not often you say this about any deal, let alone the richest deal in North American professional sports history. But one of my first reactions is it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Both of these sides come out good by locking up Patrick Mahomes to a 10-year, $503 million deal. 12-year, $503 million deal when you factor in the two years that he's got remaining. Because I look at this contract, and quite honestly, my first reaction, once the reports rolled in that he wasn't going to get a percentage of the salary cap, that his, his salary was going to be a fixed number, My first reaction was, well, the Chiefs got to steal. The Chiefs got to steal. Because just imagine for a second if he maxes this thing out. If Patrick Mahomes maxes out this contract and does play 12 years, does get paid $503 million, he's going to make $42 million a year. Now that sounds like an insane amount of money. And it is. It's a lot of money. However... However, think about this for a second. Uh, Dak Prescott's going to get paid $31 million next year. The next quarterback who comes up for a contract extension is going to get paid that $35 or $40 million. And eventually the, that quarterback is going to get paid 45 or $50 million. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be sitting there making 42 for the next 12 years. So he'll be paid fairly. He'll be paid quite possibly under market value for a little bit which is wild to think about but it's also impossible for me to sit here and say it's a bad deal for Patrick Mahomes because the guy signed for half a billion dollars like you've got to sit back and say yeah he did something right there he did something right to get signed for half a billion dollars now big picture wise I love this contract Uh, For personal selfish reasons of being an NFL viewer as well. That guy plays with such uh, joy, such uh, just energy that is so fun and enjoyable to watch and consume. And I don't know that he would be doing that for another coach with another team with different players around him. And yes, those are things that eventually the Chiefs are going to have to figure out because if Andy Reid's still coaching in 12 years, um, I'd be mildly surprised. And they're going to have to put different receivers and running backs and, and players around him, of course. But the baseline is there. The baseline is there for that team to do what that team has been doing. So selfishly... I think myself as, as well as I would imagine every other NFL viewer is immensely excited that Patrick Mahomes signed that contract, that Patrick Mahomes did stay in Kansas City because you're looking at a guy who just plays the game in, in a way that we have not seen and plays that position in a way that we have not seen. And so if you're able to uh, keep that person in that spot and keep that person doing what he's doing, it's got to be a positive. Moving forward, there's no way to look at it other than you've got to be excited that you're going to be able to watch that. Watch a guy who, uh, you know, is down 24 nothing and in the blink of an eye is winning uh, in a playoff game, no less. And then comes back and does it again the next week. Oh, and then three weeks later he does it again in the Super Bowl. It's just um, it's mind blowing to watch, and we're going to get to keep seeing that. We're going to get to keep seeing that. Now, I mentioned the weapons. I mentioned the guys around him, the receivers, the running backs, the interchangeable parts, and you can say, well, Seth, you just said how this is a good deal for both sides. You just said how it's a win-win, but you also said, well, they're going to have to replace some guys around Patrick Mahomes. Isn't there a concern? Isn't there a concern that they're not going to be able to pay Tyreek Hill and, you know, a a, a top-flight running back and a top-flight uh, wide receiver and, and Travis Kelsey and, and the offensive line to protect him. Isn't there some concern about that? And, I, I mean, I guess. I guess there would be. I guess there is some concern and some questioning in that regard. But also, look at the salary cap numbers. And I know this year is weird, and this year is going to affect the cap next year, maybe even the year after if if things aren't totally figured out by the time next season rolls around. However However the salary cap is $200 million this year And even if it stays the same next year At about $200 million Patrick Mahomes is not making $40 million this year But let's just assume he's going to make his $40 million this year That is What? Not even a quarter Of your salary cap? Not even a quarter of your salary cap taken up by your quarterback. And I think that you can live with that. Oh, and then remember, the salary cap is going to keep going up and up and up. And Patrick Mahomes' salary number is going to stay relatively flat at that $42 million a year. So you know what? It's not going to be that big an issue. I can't imagine where it's that big a deal. Where less than 20% of your cap is being taken up by the best quarterback in the league. Sure, it handicaps you a little bit. Maybe you don't pay for for Chris Jones, which is what the Chiefs are doing now. Maybe you don't go out and pay for a high-priced running back. That's what most smart teams do anyway. So it really shouldn't hamstring you too much to have your money locked up in your quarterback. Because remember, the quarterback is king. And if you get that guy, you've solved a lot of your problems. Just look around. Look at the teams that struggle. Look at the teams that are perpetually bad. Look at the teams that just never know how to get out of their own way. Cleveland don't have a quarterback. Buffalo haven't had a quarterback. The Giants recently are are struggling. They haven't had a good quarterback. Just look around the league and you can consistently find these teams that struggle. The Dolphins don't have a quarterback, right? There, there's just, you know, time and again, Jacksonville. Teams that don't have quarterbacks, that can't figure out that position, the Jets. Those teams are the ones that struggle. Those teams are the ones that don't perform, don't win. So when you have the best quarterback in the league and he wants to get paid like the best quarterback in the league, you pay him. It's that simple. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did with this move. And ultimately, it's a win-win for every party involved. The team, the player, the fans, everybody wins with this 12-year $500 million contract for Patrick Mahomes. All right, as mentioned, we have Eric Devendorf coming up. Um, I do want to talk a little baseball. We'll do that after Eric. But first, here is former Syracuse standout now, uh, playing for Bayheim's Army, Eric Devendorf, joining us on a show to be named later. All right, now, as promised, we are joined by Eric Devendorf now playing with Beheim's Army. You know him from Syracuse Basketball, and obviously i worked with him a whole bunch up at ESPN Radio in Syracuse. Eric, thanks so much for coming on from the, uh, the bubble in Columbus. How are you?
1: I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me.
0: Happy to talk to you as always, and, and let's start with that, that first thought. Before we get into the game that was played uh, now yesterday as we're recording this, um, what's this environment been like in Columbus? Can, can you take us inside the, this quote-unquote bubble?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, is doing a great job of making sure we're safe, and, you know, everyone's in the hotel, um, can't go outside. If you're ordering food, it's it'll be outside. You have to pick it up. Everyone's wearing masks. Um, you know, we have our own team room where we can go and, and kinda hang out, but you know, we can't hang out with any other team players or, or I mean any other uh players from other teams. So, um, you know, they're doing a good job of making sure everyone's safe and you know, we're just focusing on on basketball
0: you know the this idea of putting everybody up in a hotel testing regularly um limiting contact between players you know you're you're only going to be doing this you know if if you go the whole way for like two weeks um do you think that it can be drawn out longer the the way that the nba and the nhl are, are looking to do this
1: uh i don't know man i question it a little bit because just because you know i've been here for i don't know five days and it feels like a month you know what i mean it is it is a lot and you know for them to do it for three months um, you know people really have to be disciplined you know what I mean they really have to um, want to be there I think that's why you see a lot of guys kind of pulling out as well you know
0: you know with, with the testing uh, we've seen kind of different uh, different methods I know in baseball they've got these little uh, spit tests and, and obviously there's the, the nasal swabs uh, What what's the testing like for you guys What what are they having you do
1: so we've you know, we've took we've took a test every day so far, um, and we all of them were spit ones, and we took one where they did nasal.
0: So is it weird having to do that, or is it just kind of the part of the the normal that lets you guys play basketball?
1: Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's one of the the rules while while we're here. You know, we got to get tested every day, and um, I think for the nasal one, something happened with the packaging. Um, you know where they fly it back and forth they get tested with the, with the spit ones um, so you know we had to do a nasal one so the turnaround would be quicker so they knew the results but I mean yeah it's, it's the new normal right now you know what I mean And that's what we have to do
0: it, it, have you, or do you, or have you sensed any hesitance uh, of any of the guys to, to be playing? I mean, you're taking all these precautions off the court, you know, no interacting with other guys or, uh, you know, no, no interacting with people outside. But, you know, on the court, I saw you yesterday, you're diving for loose balls. So obviously there is contact when you're playing basketball. It's, it's a, a weird kind of uh, uh, comparison.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, everyone who's here wants to be here, wants to play, uh, wants to compete, and and again, you know, we're getting tested every day. You know, other guys from other teams are getting tested every day, and they're getting the results back. And um, you know, when you see a positive result, the whole team is is disqualified. And we saw that with um, with Everland Drive, um, you know, having a guy tested positive, and they they got disqualified. So, um, you know, we you know when we're out there, we feel safe. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's really thinking about thinking about that when they're out there playing and competing guys are just uh enjoying playing basketball again
0: all right so let's get to basketball let's let's get to, to talking about this year's Bayheims army team a little bit uh you you guys have uh i mean more or less a new group i mean there are some faces that have been on this team for a little bit but uh you know you add malachi richardson you were supposed to have tyler Lydon and chris mccullough um before they they kind of pulled out with injuries but it, it's a bit of a different look for you guys this year
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think we got a good mixture. I mean, I know we're uh, a little bit undersized, but even though we do have, um, good length, you know, with, with, uh, you know, D Nick and, and Tay and then, uh, Malachi has good length in the back and then, you know, bringing in Will, he's, you know, Will's really impressed me, man. He's just a guy that gets after it and plays super hard and he fits right in. But, um, you know, I like the mold of this team. We got some good veterans and then, um, you know, we got some young guys as well. So, um, you know, we just got to keep playing hard and and uh, you know, hoping for the best.
0: You know, I know, uh, I know. I was looking forward to seeing Tyler and Chris on, on the team, and I'm sure you were too. They would have added a, a different dimension. Uh, you know, the those long, uh, y- younger big men that that they would be.
1: Oh no, absolutely. I mean, the, both those guys can, uh, you know, play the four and five, and uh, you could you could even try to slide Chris to the three if, if or or Tyler at times. But um, you know, we have what we have, and um, it would have been nice to have those guys but you know we just got to focus on what we have right now and um, I, I like the group again I like the group that we have and, and I think we'll be
0: okay you know looking at uh, looking at your play um you you scored 21 points in in the game yesterday tuesday the the opener uh against the Purdue alumni team and I know I ask you this like every year but you're not a guy who plays professionally anymore uh but you go out and every year you impress and you 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 end up just dropping like 20 and and playing well that's got to be a whole lot of fun
1: yeah I mean I just love to play man I love to get out there and compete at a high level and and you know in between time you know I'm looking up to the tournament uh, you know I work out I make sure I'm in the gym and in shape I can't just go out there and uh, you know and with not having done something and expect to do it good so uh, I'm making sure I'm in the gym but I just love to compete man with these guys who are you know playing overseas or former you know NBA guys um, it's fun to get out there and compete and then you know these two weeks are great getting back with all my you know all my orange family and you know having that experience as well.
0: Does it uh does it make you think maybe you had an, uh, another year or two left in you when when you decided to stop playing?
1: Oh, I still have another year or two left <laughs> in me right now. I can I, I, I can still do it if I you know wanted to go over there for sure. But um, you know I I just love to play, man. I'm enjoying this right now and um, just gonna focus on you know the next game.
0: So who who's the guy that you've got? You mentioned Will. Uh, who's the other guy that you've got that you're really looking forward to watching up close? You know the next couple of weeks.
1: Um, I think Malachi. I, I I mean I really enjoy his game. I mean he's he's a young guy who can really score the ball. Um, I think yesterday. I mean he ended up with 15 points, but um, I know he didn't play as well as he wanted to play. And um, he's just going to keep getting better. Um, You know, again, guys haven't played five out five in, you know, four or five months. So, um, you know, it might take a game. But um, I think he's he's ready and, and he got that one game under his belt. So he'll be ready for the next game.
0: So uh, I wanted to ask you about this, too, because I I know you mentioned you've been working out and and I've seen some things uh, written up and and on your Instagram and Twitter. Um, You've been at, like, the Beheim family basketball court, which is pretty awesome. First off, give us, like, a scouting report. What's the gym like there? How how do they have it set up?
1: Oh, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you could go in from the side. um, It's right off the basement. um, But it's a half court, but it has good space all around. You know, you have three-point line. There's three rims in there—a main rim and then two side rims. So it's perfect to go in there and and you know play one on one, two on two, three on three, and then uh, you know get some shots. So yeah, I was I was in there making sure I was staying right.
0: So we saw I think one video of Coach putting a shot up. Does he ever get get involved on the court, or is it mostly like you and Jimmy and Buddy?
1: Yeah, so it was just us three mainly, and then Coach will come down and he'll—it's a little step right there, a little stair going down into the gym. He'll just. He'll just sit down on the stairs and watch us play one-on-one or work out. Um, so that's mainly what he does.
0: So uh, looking at, at Buddy's game, you're you're working with him and, and you've been working out with him. Um, we obviously saw a huge improvement in, in his play from, from year one to year two and, and just a wider range of things that he he seemed to feel comfortable doing. Uh, wh- where do you see him now? Has he improved even more off of where he was you know, four months ago? And, and what do you think the biggest area of improvement's been?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, first off, just his confidence is, is improved overall. He's he's confident in his game. He's put the work in. I mean, you know, he's working on, uh, you know, pull-up dribbles, getting to the basket, you know, off the move, everything. You know, just um, trying to expand his game. And I think the more that he, he works on it, um, you know, the more confidence he gets. And, um, you know, that's a big thing, in, in especially in a young guy's game is confidence. You know what I mean? So the more he can build that up, um, you know, I think the better he'll be.
0: You know, Eric, just kind of big picture. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, it's been almost four months since we were sitting in the ESPN Syracuse studios and doing that show on Twitch during the Syracuse UNC game, um, you know, and, and we're watching on Twitter and Rudy yeah. Gobert is testing positive and, and everything's just falling apart in real time. Um, right. I, I, well, what have these last four months been like for you? And, and, and what you know, looking back at that, um, it's pretty remarkable that it all just fell apart, you know, and and the country just kind of shut down in that one moment.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, um, you know, four months ago, like you said, we were sitting in the studio talking about basketball, and and you know, now these last four months, it's it's obviously been really, really slowed down. Um, but I just I just been trying to stay active as far as um, you know, putting out videos on on Twitter and social media and Instagram. Um, you know, just trying to keep, you know, people engaged with through basketball. And, um, you know, I've just been trying to focus on that. I know with everything going on, it's been, you know, it's been tough for people. So just trying to bring, bring some positivity and, um, you know, hopefully it helps out.
0: And then the last thing I wanted to ask you about uh, Eric is um, you had the message on your shoes uh, uh, during yesterday's game, uh, the black lives matter message and and the images. Um, Mm -hmm. They were an awesome pair of sneakers, by the way. Um, But what, why, why was it so important for you to do that? um, And and to use the platform you've got to, to kind of make a statement.
1: Oh, I mean, with everything going on right now with the injustice of black people and uh, you know, just racism overall it's you know, I just want to know people where I stand, know where I stand with it. And, uh, you know, I had this platform to use and I wanted to use it. And, um, you know, I think any um, you know, person who is a, a good person can see, you know, what's going on. So, um, you know, I wanted to make a stand and not stay silent on it and, um, you know, use my platform to the best of my ability.
0: Eric, always uh, always enjoy talking with you. Hopefully uh, you guys are, are playing and making a nice big run because it's uh, certainly a fun thing to watch here during the summer. And uh, we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure.
1: Seth, I appreciate you, man.
0: All right, so thanks again to Eric Devendorf former Syracuse guard, playing with Bayheim's Army in the basketball tournament, giving us uh, some insight into that Columbus bubble, that that hotel that they're all holed up in, um, and, and some of the protocol going on there. It's, it's really interesting, and it leads into what I wanted to talk about here. But... Um, You know, hearing Eric talk about the protocol, the uh, testing every day, limited contact with people who are not on your team, uh, the inability to, you know, even interact with other players who are, you know, uh, negatively testing in the bubble, and and um, you know, kind of what they have to go through, it it just it makes me somewhat skeptical that that these things can go through. It also kind of gives me the idea that. These championships are going to be incredibly hard to win and those people who discount them like, just kind of go away. Uh, but I did want to talk baseball here specifically because basketball's got their thing um, and and they're doing the bubble in Orlando. So does the NHL. They're going to be up in Canada and they, they might be the best off out of any of these sports because they're not in the United States. So they might be better off than anybody else. Uh, but with that being said, Baseball is is trying a hybrid kind of a thing. They, they want players to quarantine. They want players to bubble up, uh, but only on their own, right? Only on their own. They don't want everybody in one place. The Arizona idea was nixed from the beginning. They thought about maybe doing hubs in Florida, Texas, and Arizona. No, that was knocked out. And so now what you're left with is uh, everybody playing at their home stadiums, everybody exposed to, you know, Whatever is coming in and out of their own individual homes and I don't know uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing I don't know if it's a good thing I don't think we know enough about this virus to to know for sure however, the thing that struck me is what you've seen uh over the last week since these teams have gotten to their stadiums their training camps and and their facilities, and that is this delay and lag in testing. And baseball put this plan in place, and they knew they were going to have to do a lot of testing, probably more even than these teams, that, these leagues, and teams that are in you know bubble scenarios, because these players are exposed. These players are staying at their own homes with other people who might be going out, who might not be staying home, uh, you know, at all times, and and you don't know what they could bring back into their houses and, and apartments and homes and so far it hasn't worked so far it hasn't gone well and maybe some of that can be attributed to a holiday weekend but you know you've had teams unable to even start working out because they don't have the results of their testing. You saw Sean Doolittle of the Nationals say uh, earlier in the week that they were supposed to test and they didn't have their results from the test they took two days prior. So what good does it do? You're seeing you know, Chris Bryant, a superstar with the Cubs, starting to question things. Buster Posey, a multiple-time world champion, starting to question kind of what's going on. You've had doubt and concern from Mike Trout, the best player in the game about how baseball has gone about this. And so I think it's a serious issue that baseball has to look a little bit deeper at. Now, look, they, they did what they could with the circumstances. They, they did what they should have done, which is they went to the lab that did all their PED tests and they said, hey, how do you feel about doing coronavirus tests? How do you feel about doing COVID tests? And that lab was able to to make it work and change what they do and change their focus, and now they're going to be their, their tester for coronavirus. The problem is that you're sending them so many more tests than you normally do. Because think about it. what The average player gets tested, what, maybe three times a year, four times a year. You know, there are probably guys who get tested a little bit more than that given their history in the, the PED program that Major League Baseball's got. But you're not sending them 1,400 tests a day every day and needing results the next day. That's not what's happening on a daily basis with this one little lab out in Utah. And so I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine they're getting a little bit overwhelmed. I'd imagine that that would create some of the lag time that you're seeing in testing. And there are some serious issues. If you don't know that everybody is safe, that everybody is healthy, I don't know how you go about playing a season. If you don't have the right equipment to keep players safe, we saw some players concerned that there isn't enough protective gear, masks, gloves, whatever it may be, in the the dugouts, in the locker rooms, in the clubhouses, in the weight rooms, wherever it's needed. There's concern that they don't have enough of it. And so I don't know how you go about playing a season. How do you play a season when players and coaches are being tested every other day but the clubhouse attendants aren't? People that interact with the players every single day that are washing their clothes that are doing everything in that clubhouse. They should probably be tested just as much as the players and the coaches. And so I'm continuing to see things crop up, continuing to see potential problems flaring up around baseball, and you're seeing the players speak out, use their voice, and share their concerns about this, which is good, because otherwise we wouldn't know that these things are happening, that these concerns are out there. And when you pair all of that, along with the fact that the virus is just spiking in so many places in this country, basically everywhere outside of New York, New Jersey and Connecticut, the virus is spiking. the virus is at levels that we haven't seen in this country yet and in a lot of places in the world hadn't seen it this bad. I just don't know how you play a season where you're making these guys travel, where you're making these guys go around from city to city, airports, hotels. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how it works. And I love baseball. I want to see baseball. I'm going to be skeptical that we see baseball until first pitch July 23rd when Garrett Cole throws the first pitch, or I should say Max Scherzer throws the first pitch to a Yankee lineup at Nationals Park. That's when I'll believe, that we see baseball. So that'll do it for us today here on a show to be named later. Thanks so much to Eric Dievendorf. For dropping by and giving us some uh, some insight into that tournament bubble out in Columbus. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Radio.com. Wherever it is that you get your podcast. follow me on Twitter at SethGoldberg17 or like my Facebook page, Seth Goldberg Sports, and you'll get each episode as they are posted. We'll be talking with you again real soon here on a show to be named later.